Una palabra no dice nada y al mismo tiempo lo esconde todo, igual que el viento que esconde el agua, como las flores que esconde el lodo. Una so I'm assuming you no have your BMW parked in the garage at your place now, because I, I certainly do. Yeah, I have my, uh, I actually, yeah. I was sold. I mean, I just went out immediately after this, and I was like, give me, give me whatever you got. I don't care. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I no longer live in an apartment. I now live in my cool BMW, and you know what? That's just life, baby. I, I have a I have a convertible green roadster, like neon green. This is one color they had left. Um, gets a lot of looks. It's an eye grabber. It's catcher. It's, a, it's catching. Yeah, neon green. You know what? And I feel like neon green is one of those colors. You know how like some colors they'll like um, charge you extra insurance, like red, if you drive a yeah. red car. And I don't think neon green is a uh, part of that. I think you're fine. I think you're safe. Well, they uh, they make sure you have a driver's license because they think you're like a nine year old kid. They think you uh, you did the big, you got big. They think you yeah. <laughs> like did you go to that weird uh, that weird crane game by the pier and get big? Yeah. <laughs> you see that? Did, we... I don't remember. Did he ever buy a car? I don't remember. I mean, he definitely did. He have sex. He did. Yes, he does. Oh, he sex. did. Yeah. Yes, he does oh man, sex. big. Yeah. Miss, you can't do that. Big. Oh, big. Miss, big. Yeah, you can't do that. Big. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, <laughs> the Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh man, I'm Patrick Grimian, and what an what an episode, Don. And I am Clive Owen, the driver. Oh. <laughs> welcome to the academy and i'm bleeding out in the back of your car oh, oh no oh no it's so hard being a war photographer oh man like it really makes you think i think you yeah. know that's kind of mm. and what i am referring to is of course the joe carnahan part <laughs> yeah oh yeah deep trenchant insight deep, trenchant thoughts <laughs> that one was so his, yeah. wasn't, his wasn't so much about um war-torn countries is like how, how do you suppose i could like blow up a helicopter in a bmw commercial Abraham <laughs> <laughs> uh, was in that one apparently i didn't realize that until i did not realize it took me to the credits yeah, I, yeah, did not pick and up like, on it, it at all. And like it, one of the special features, he was like, "I love being," and it was so his like level of enthusiasm for being in the hire was so uh, like palpable that it just it made me like I did not realize that Murray Abraham was so stoked for the series. He was just like, "I think this is beautiful," and because I don't have to act that much and it's so small, I can be as loud and crazy as I want to be. It was absolutely no one took a pay cut too. Think oh. about that, F. Murray. You got, you yeah. got your ass paid for this. Oh, one. dude, Ed Murray. That's like his his trip to the you know the Poconos or wherever he goes on vacation. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. That's, yeah. So, of you course, cool we are talking grand. today about the hire, the 
BMW Films web series that had, that initially came out in 2001, most recently appeared in 2016, but uh, my assumption is we have probably not seen the last of the hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could see, I don't know, they try and try and talk the Safties into a better New York apartment by making them do a higher film. I yeah. think that they would do it. They're, they're internet savvy. It would be interesting. Definitely a different. Although, like the problem with the Safties is, I don't think they're like BMW. The branding is tough for them. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's you know, and that, that's just one guess. I I don't know who the who the who they would even go for today. But yeah, it's you know, maybe rough. they could pitch out a few. Maybe Greta Gerwig. That would be a fun one. They that would be a, fun. They actually haven't had. Well, that's one of the issues. They have not had a female director Oof. for any of these. Do um, better, BMW. Uh, these are pretty dude-heavy pieces in general. So, <laughs> there's a little background here. So, the reason we're doing it initially was because Tony Scott directed one of these short films. But, upon research, upon taking a look at them, upon thinking about it, Patrick came up with the brilliant idea the more of these i watched the more brilliant i thought you were patrick <laughs> i was like we got to talk about it, this entire thing because this is a fascinating and somewhat revolutionary thing for better or worse revolutionary can also be in a negative sense too so the basic thing about the hire is that they are a series of short films that originally appeared on the bmw website and mm. also on dvds conveniently placed in your bmw's glove box upon purchase of the bmw so there's a perk leather seats a dvd you know um and so basically in around the year 2000 bmw was looking to try something a little bit different in their mm. advertising they were still obviously like one of the most famous luxury bands you could ask for and um but they were trying to try something different and they came up with they were working with an advertising agency um uh called fallon uh developed headed by pat fallon a legendary ad man um and interestingly enough based out of minneapolis originally so kind of feels like an outsider to me i don't know advertising too well Hey, well, what's interesting, I looked on their website just to yeah. see what they've done in the past, and it's like a lot of like Arby's. Yeah, their, like... Arby's seems to be their big <laughs> client. Any little ESPN, but um, yeah. But yeah. I don't know how he must, like, boy, this is like straight out of the title of our episode. This is straight out of Mad Men. I have no idea how Pat Fallon walked into like the European offices of BMW and talked them into becoming their main US ad man out of minneapolis yeah but that's such a yeah i want to know how this happened because this is that like fascinating and probably amazing like probably like cool business guy stuff that goes well beyond patrick or i oh man we need to oh we need to look up pat Ballard. i think we'll he see. wrote Did... a book i believe he wrote a book he has since passed Ooh. away but i believe he wrote a book but like oh, an man. ad an ad man legend and basically cool. what they kind of put together in his pitch to them was a 50 minute like James Bond styled narrative film. Wow. Uh, that featured a many, many different BMWs being driven by our James Bond esque hero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in order to make this happen, 
he turned to the kind of hottest, hippest commercial music video agency in Hollywood, former Propaganda Films, now known as Anonymous Content, known today. Mm. You'll see them ahead of credits in many things, who uh, was an offshoot of Propaganda, propaganda after they kind of split up and led by Steve Golan, one of the founders of Propaganda, who brought in David Fincher to help develop this into something workable. Wow. Interest, interesting thing about David Fincher, which shows his mindset and shows kind of his intelligence and his futuristic, his futurist point of view. Um, Cause the, the idea was that they were going to put this on BMW.com. You have to remember in 2000, 2001, a 50 minute film was not a particularly like, it was a pretty cumbersome item to try and put on the internet. Yeah. I remember like, yeah, I remember like waiting for like ten minutes for like loot new grounds videos to load or something. Yeah, just like yeah, back yeah, it was dial up. We were in dial up era, the dial up era. Yeah. The... So Fincher came up with the concept to split it into a bunch of different short films. Because he mm-hmm. was like, it can handle it better. You could sell the cars in different ways in each of these things. And the cool thought of um you could send the driver or the James Bond character, soon to become the driver, on a series of kind of different adventures, mm. which would make it kind of more episodic and a little bit more, like, kind of exciting, rather than just, a, you you have to come back to the website, too, gotcha. as they release the episodes. Um, and then the other concept that came was hiring a bunch of different directors, rather than just one who would take it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And so Fallon liked it. They brought it to BMW. BMW liked it. And um, then they kind of developed kind of a broad story. It seems like um, the um, this David Carter was the main screenwriter on Mm -hmm. on the kind of to develop the entire thing. And then it's definitely I mean, we'll get into how the directors kind of certainly brought their own yeah taste and touch to this thing that you know david carter probably couldn't capture what they were all looking for but i think his kind of he was brought into kind of the through line of the lead character that through and the through line of bmws what's really interesting that this is like this entire thing is essentially what we now know now know as branded content Mm -hmm. but at the time wasn't as like public knowledge and or you know the idea of like oh we'll draw them in with this entertainment but we're actually subversively like planting the seeds in their heads like oh aren't these isn't this bmw really cool like yeah and then like you know obviously there's been stuff like that in the past and movie like you know there's been advertising for certain products in certain films you know blah, yes. blah 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 but this was like yeah, this was like truly Not hiding it, and this is at the forefront. This yeah. is literally paid for by the the company that is trying to sell you something. Yeah, it's like a um, revolutionary in a good or bad way Depends version on, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and it's I mean, it's and it's also kind of what's really fascinating too. It's like it predates YouTube, and yeah, it predates Netflix. But it is kind of the start of like 
oh, look at this. We're getting movie stars. We're getting like interesting content that we could just like click on and it's there rather than like have to like call the cable company to get cable set up at your house or go to the movie get, theater like, a or pay-per-view like or something. Or pay-per-view, this... yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and there's, you know, big stars, big directors involved in this. So it's very like fancy. And I think like obviously the bastardized version where we're at today is um, the idea of the YouTube celebrities who happily just sell stuff and make the videos themselves and are paid to sell, but they the company does not really have to pay for like the production of the video or anything like that. And it's in yeah the it's gotten a lot less fun, and a lot more obvious in the sales. Like yeah, cause th this is interesting. Like you're seeing like directors with actual like worldviews mm -hmm. and aesthetics. Yeah, it's so much. It's it's way less grim than like. A well, I think an what makes influencer these still so watchable, which is like you would never watch an influencer video. I well, I would. I'm not. Oh, that's not. Yeah. My, I'm not. But you wouldn't watch it twice. No. I I dare you not to want to watch Beat the Devil twice. Like it's, it's these crazy. are fun. Like yeah, they put filmmaking like the idea of like let's make cool short films and figure out a way to push a BMW into them. Isn't let's sell BMWs and like make a serviceable like commercial around them like every single one of these directors is trying to make something cool mm -hmm. too which is pretty groovy if you ask me yeah um so the basic idea that they developed was about this this titular driver character who does jobs that are all kind of car based. We don't know mm -hmm. who he works for. We don't really. He seems like kind of a mercenary type, but at the same time, they kind of developed him into having a heart. You know, he's not. He's he he's a he's a pretty multifaceted guy. Yeah, it's, all, for it's almost as if his personality shifts wildly from uh, film, from to film, film to film. Yes, <laughs> and I think that they also needed something very like malleable, right, for the filmmakers too. Like he had to kind of like. It, it does depend on but i think all the way through he like he does like care about like doing the right thing yeah over um he's still a heroic character he's it's, well here's the thing he's a cool good guy yes yes yeah. yes and yeah. you know and he likes to and he even knows how to have a little fun <laughs> like he recognizes that when things are bonkers it's okay. Yeah, you and can so, laugh a little bit. It's okay to laugh. So the hunt was on mm -hmm. for the actor to play this driver character. They needed some, and based on the um, kind of James, he's kind of a James Bondy kind of right. guy, they uh, decided to take a look at British actors, and th the actor that they ended up with was an actor named Clive Owen, who, Ooh. you know... The, you, you know who he is. But yeah. basically, Clive Owen um, grew up in, he was born in Coventry, Warwickshire, England in 1964. He is, an, he is a graduate of the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Um, he had a, his father was a country western singer who left the family when Clive was three. Whoa. And they, and they have no relationship. So like um, British country? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Man. But Clive, if 
and you get this impression from every one of his performances. He's a very talented actor, but also seems like a real guy. Like, yeah. who has lived a life. He, it, adds, it adds depth to the performances, for sure. Absolutely. So, throughout the 1980s, he graduated from drama school, started doing a lot of TV work through the 80s into the 90s. Kind of an up-and-coming guy, part of that generation that, you know, you would include the, like, I don't know, the Jude Laws of the world, the Daniel Craig's of the world, certainly. Um, and up and coming until he landed a role in um, the Mike Hodges film called Croupier, um, in which he's a Charlie uh, writer who takes a job at a casino who gets caught up in a robbery scream- scheme. Mike Hodges, of course, directed Get Carter, the Michael Caine classic. One of the best uh, endings to that type of movie. Yeah, and just like when people saw you know, Clive Owen pops in this movie, it's a, Mike Hodges was back after kind of being in the wilderness for a while doing what he did best, which was British hard-boiled British crime mm-hmm. movies. So everybody saw Clive Owen in this movie and was like, who's this guy? He's kind of like Michael Caine-ish, but he's got like He's got it. He's got a quality to him. Yeah, he was up. For, I think he was up in the running for uh, James Bond too, right? If I so remember, he like... was the. So simultaneously, Pierce Brosnan. I don't think Pierce Brosnan was getting long in the tooth so much as they wanted to change direction in the tone of the James Bond series. I think yeah. Pierce was more pushed out than. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the Daniel Craig th- or Sean Connery thing where he's just bailing. On this, like, I think he would have gladly done a couple more. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I think it's like, yeah, I think part of it too is like the sensibilities had changed so much by the time between Goldeneye and Die Another Day. Uh, yes, like, and I mean, I Goldeneye is great. Tomorrow oh, yeah. Never Dies is pretty damn good too. Um, the World Is Not Enough features my favorite Bond double entendre. And it also features Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist, uh, whose whose name is Doctor Christmas. Oh wow! And at the end, when he beds her, he goes, "I guess Christmas does come twice a year." Oh, Boom! <laughs> Get out of here, James! Get out of here, you, you cheeky goose! Get out of here! Yeah. So by but by the time they reach Die Another Day, there was a like Die Another Day in two thousand two, right around mm-hmm. now. So of course he had just done Clive had just done the hire, the first season of the hire by two thousand two. So see on the tip of everyone's tongue as a possible James Bond? Yeah. I would say so. Diana the Day made four hundred thirty one million dollars at the box office too, so not not a not a huge disappointment. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's you know, all the Pierce Brosnan ones are fun. But they wanted to go in a different direction. Yeah. It's like not your grandpa's bond anymore. Yeah. Well, actually, they kind of almost did want to go to Grandpa's Bond. Go back oh, to that's true. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I was, you know what? I was Sorry. thinking in my head Roger Moore, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. They wanted to go back to old school Bond. I think yeah. it depends on how old your grandpa is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they the entire idea is they, you know, I remember talking, you know, Bond speculation, very popular conversation between my father and I. And, um, mm. you know, they wanted a Bond who looks like they could win a fight. I think that was the idea. That's like, actually a good, yeah. That was like what my, how my dad and I described the the Bond search. <laughs> it was like they wanted a toughy Bond, not they a wanted uh, a pugilist Bond, not a fun fancy Bond. And so, like, and it kind of had always gone like it, 
George Lazenby's like an asterisk because he only did one, but Connery was a fighter. Moore was a fun guy. Timothy Dalton was a fighter. Mm. Pierce Brosnan's a fun guy. Yeah. Daniel Craig's a fighter. So we might be heading toward Fun Bond. Oh, man. I want the era of Fun Bond. Bring it back. Uh, shine your shoes, Rowan Atkinson. Your time yeah. is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, the first actor to play both James Bond and Johnny English. Impressive. <laughs> what how what how versatile yeah. so but they so clive owen like seemed like just such a like perfect choice for the driver and frankly i mean i remember he was my choice for bond in 2002 yeah i would say if i had known who clive, yeah if i had known him i would be 100 percent on board with you just like he has the i think daniel craig is great as bond but I a think world like, for- it worked out. Yeah. Clearly it worked out. Mm-hmm. But based if you just hold up their photographs in 2003. Oh, yeah. Who are you picking? <laughs> You're picking Cl- Clive. Just he has the Bon Joie de Vive. Mm-hmm. Well, the, here's the thing is that like Clive Owen, he's like a he has that like tough look, but he's also very like. He can be suave. He can play it mm-hmm. both. And and Daniel Craig, like over the years, like we've learned that he's able to do that. But on on that first glance, you don't know he has that in him. Well, Daniel Craig was like, you know, like up until this point. I mean, I think I I Road to Perdition was mm-hmm. probably like the most the thing I knew him from, uh, where he played um, the creepy like large son of oh, Paul no. Newman, <laughs> who is like jealous of Tom Hanks. Oh no! <laughs> uh, but no, but Daniel Craig did Layer Cake in 2004, which was kind of the one that um, underlined they had mm. this because he was essentially playing a Bond type character. Oh, in that. interesting. Okay. Uh, if you haven't seen Layer Cake, it's pretty good. Matthew Vaughn directed it. He was I've in uh, the first Tomb Raider movie. Anyway, we're not talking Daniel Craig. We're talking out of here, Craig. Um, Clive Owen. And Clive Owen had done this movie called Bent, which was about. Um, homosexuality in the concentration camps very heavy oh my movie. god yeah, but that's... he 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 pops in that as mm-hmm. well he's he's definitely like oh who, he's you know we talk about it when we dumb in the ways with brad pitt it's like he had that like oh who's that guy that's the guy we want to keep an eye on kind of quality right. and then within a year of the hire he had done um uh altman's um gosford park mm-hmm. and the born identity yeah, he's set. <laughs> and yeah, he's in. Um, he, I was like, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, his he's definitely like, he seems like he's a TV guy now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. TV's changed. The Nick was amazing. Yeah, that's my favorite TV show of all time. I yeah. would say. Yeah, and he's incredible. Show. He's incredible in it. Yep. Uh, he played Bill Clinton in the impeachment American crime story, which huh. hard to wrap my head around. But uh, yeah, I mean. I never saw it, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a crazy... I've looked at that cast, and, like, yeah, Bill Clinton, Edie Falco as Hillary Clinton, too, is also, like, a a bit of a... It's... Yeah, it's a... those. The problem with Clinton and and the Clintons in general is they're, like, they look very specific. Hard to just get a random actor and make them that. You know... This has nothing... This has nothing to do with politics, necessarily, but they really have, like, a just-go-away quality about them right now that 
doesn't make me want to engage with them in a fictional or non-fictional kind yeah, of Yeah, it's like you, you occasionally hear these things about like, you know, oh, Bill Clinton released a book with James Patterson or whatever and I'm like, I'm fine, I'm going to pass. I'm good. Uh, that, <laughs> I don't like George W. Bush is a war criminal. But at least that dude disappeared to go paint. Like yeah, got to hand it can... to him. Like he's just like I'm out of here. Like don't yeah. try and keep selling me bullshit man yeah leave yeah i don't any pretty much any living president with the exception of maybe carter i'm kind of like you can go i'm fine yeah, i don't need to hear like don't you know I, i'll do your thing but yeah. I don't need to hear. I don't need to hear from you ever again you've won you've won, you've won. we don't need to you hear won. from you anymore you're done <laughs> you i don't care uncle. don't uncle <laughs> don't produce documentaries that make me feel like i have to do homework to watch <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. But yeah. uh, Clive Owen was in a handful of like big movies. He had about a six, seven year run mm-hmm. of uh, I don't think America ever really embraced him. Like, nah. like, he, you know, like I and that happens with some of these British guys, like they come over. They definitely have something, but it's like, I don't know, like <laughs> he never it, got like that franchise or whatever. He didn't have like the, you know, because like we you brought up the born identity here, James yeah. Bond. He never had his thing like that that would have like, you know, kind of cemented him in the in I the landscape. Like, and that's Daniel Craig very smart to even join with the Benoit Blanc movies, which he can do for the rest of his life. Oh, he's, as uh, long he's... as like Ryan Johnson wants to write him, like he can make one of those every three years and get paid huge. Yeah, and then what's do great whatever, about... the, whatever the hell he wants in between. And what's great about those is he doesn't have to get like insanely yoked nope. and like nope. <laughs> he doesn't have to like ruin his body. He yeah, can just, you know, do a weird uh, foghorn leghorn voice and you know be fine. But some very interesting movies in the last, obviously, you know, one classic in Children of Men. Ooh, yeah. Um, Banger. you know that he's going to be. No, I, I mean, I would argue that's probably going to be the movie he's remembered for. Um, yes. in terms of movies, but. The character he's remembered for. Would you say his most iconic character is mm. the driver in the higher films? We're back, baby. Yes. We're back. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Got on that segue. Got on that segue. I think it's possible. I do think it's possible because, like, I don't know. Have you have you brought up that we were doing this to anyone? No. Uh, oh wait, I you mean, know what? I brought it up to one person, and uh, I brought it up to Cozy, and he remembered them. I brought it up to Kyle Clark, former guest, and he was like, "That's awesome. That's that's so cool. You guys are covering that. Those are great." And oh, I man. think like everybody does, especially kids. I think who are internet savvy mm-hmm. around this time has very fond memories of these and remembers them well. You know what's funny too is my grandma used to sell cars, and I think for a short time she sold um she may have sold because she sold a bunch of different brands. She sold like you know always high end, but I think at one point she did sell BMWs. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I never saw the hires. I didn't know about them, but I'm like ninety five percent sure I had like the DVD like lying around in my house somewhere. I looked it up. You can get it off of like eBay for really. They don't make them anymore, but you—they are like on eBay or Amazon even, and mm-hmm. they're not like extraordinarily expensive. So That's fun, nice. item, fun curio to add to your DVD collection. So let's get yeah, into the movies be... here. Yeah, We're gonna go season, season one, mm-hmm. season one, really all-star roster of directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, opens up with cl- legendary, legendary director and legendary like 
car guy director he did <laughs> grand p he did uh Layton, later you know he had recently done at this point ronin with robert de niro a lot of cool car stuff and of course that's john frankenheimer written by andrew kevin walker writer of seven um <laughs> and co-starring um genre great tomas Milian is ambush uh mm. car featured is the bmw 740i in that one mm. important thing to note uh and this one is i would argue the most straightforward yeah of them it's a pretty pretty simple like chase movie for the and most it's part. just yeah and it uh, you know they do a good job of uh things are very suspenseful a lot of good like you know car uh stunts and whatnot i enjoyed yeah. it yeah yeah and um Kind of sets the tone, though, for these directors doing what they do. Frankenheimer, Mean Potatoes, great suspense director. And, you know, and of the old school variety, not trying to get funky with the story or anything like that. No sci-fi elements. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, it's not too complex or like, you yeah. know, and but. One of the issues is it's the one I'm having trouble remembering what happened in the most. Ooh. Out of all uh, of these. I, Not a, I, you know, is its own thing. Yeah. I do, I, I, I do remember, like, the guy, like, the driver has a guy who he swallowed, if I remember correctly. Should we do, claims, like, a spoiler alert? He claims to. Well, these are web videos. <laughs> yeah. Commercials. Look, yeah, I mean, watch, it watch him before. Watch him anyway. They're all on YouTube. We should know. Yeah, that. Everything, yeah. Every one of these is free on YouTube. As these well. are commercials. You know? Yeah. You know, they are fine. commercials. The old man claims to have swallowed a large amount of diamonds. They'll likely have to cut him open to retrieve them. The van shows up. Gunshots are fired. I was surprised that they let the BMW get hit with gunshots. Like, they let the BMWs get a little beat up in these yeah. spots, which I was a little surprised by, too. Um, but he evades them. Chase ensues. They get away. Mm-hmm. Then pulls up, drops off the old man. Hey, did you really swallow those diamonds? The guy is like laughs and walks away, and the driver shrugs his shoulders, and that's it. That's it's it. Like, I guess it. he's gonna be pooping diamonds, like or not, or not. Oh no! But he got paid. Yeah, that's true. The next one, and this is where things get funky. I thought <gasps> Ambush was gonna be setting the tone for just how these, which was like a pleasant car chase. Yeah, maybe. I was having but amiable. No. Things get funky from here on out, folks. <laughs> this one's crazy. The old hand, John Frankenheimer, set the tone, but no one really listened with this. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is called Chosen. And this one is directed by the great Ang Lee. Oh, yeah. uh, written by David Carter. Featuring the BMW 540i in this one. And co-starring Ang's son, Mason Lee. Is the wow. uh, passenger in this one? Mason Lee, of course, is also in The Hangover Part Two. He's the guy they lose in that one. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> the famous character Teddy from The yes. Hangover Part Two. Be very over for the film The Hangover Two, and apparently has just been cast as Bruce Lee in Ang Lee's upcoming Bruce Lee biopic. Whoa! So he's giving like... his son. A lot of swings at the plate. <laughs> yeah, he is a good, good daddy. Good, good daddy. Good daddy. He's a good daddy. Good daddy. Right. So in this one, the driver is hired to protect an Asian holy child who is brought to America by boat. Child gives the driver a gift, but tells him not to open it quite yet. I don't know. They get pursued by kidnappers. 
driver's grace in the ear by a bullet, by the way. And one of my favorite car chase moments, the um, containers and kind of the way they have to weave through the containers on the dock area. Really cool. Never seen that before. Well, like this. In the in the special features or whatever, Ang Lee, like they show them him filming that part, and initially it was way more like generic. And Ang Lee was like, "Nah, this has to be more memorable. Let's do something with the container." Like he was very much like, "I have to leave my own personal stamp yeah. on this." And it's yeah. really good. It's yeah, awesome. It works. And the movie talking about like captures like Ang Lee is so good in kind of like this very like classy way. Mm-hmm. And everything is very well done in this movie. Everything looks good. Everything's pristine. It's very well put together. His eye is great. So then, um, the driver successfully after this chase delivers the boy to a waiting monk. However, the child silently signals the driver that may not all may be on the up and up. Because mm. take a look at what this monk is wearing. This guy's wearing fucking cowboy boots under his robes. That's weird. That's weird. (laughs) So the foster monk is going to kidnap the holy child and like juice him up with like serum. Serum. It's yeah. There's no other word for it. It's self level of serum. Well, and it's like purple. Never explained. No need. Who cares? Yeah, we're having fun. It's a commercial. Yeah, we're selling cars. We're selling cars, but then the driver like bounces in, drops that monk, thwarts it, and rescues the boy and drops him off safely somewhere else. I think another yeah. boat or something. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, before leaving, the driver opens a gift. It's a dang band-aid for his ear. Whoa. Whoa. Boy, is that, is that stretching these connections a bit? Yeah. yeah it's not been a, it's, a little bit. It's a little weird. <laughs> And I would declare, if the first one was solid but not particularly memorable, this one was memorable but still kind of mediocre. Yes, it's very... Although, like, I did love that the Band-Aid... Was it his Band-Aid or the Band-Aid for the kid that had a little Hulk on it? It was his Band-Aid. Ah, his Band-Aid sounds like... Yeah, it starts off that that all of these end with kind of a wink and a nod. Some of them. Maybe not the John Woo one, which ends with women are evil. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll is get there. insane. That we're getting there. That is the that one is insane. Not hugely satisfying. <laughs> no, deeply kind of, insane. Kind though. of ugly. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Just like, anyway. like, yeah. Uh, this one, but great car chase. Mm-hmm. Both have great car chases. Worth watching for those. Third one, in my opinion, we'll we'll rank. We'll we'll name our favorite. Mm-hmm. When this is all said and done, but I think the first like masterpiece of the group, and this is of course the follow directed by Wong Kar Wai, written by Andrew Kevin Walker, featuring the BMW 328i coupe and the Z3 Roadster, Ooh. two Beamers. This one has features Forrest Whitaker, Mickey Rourke, and Adriana Lima, wow. and kind of gets us away. From the idea of the driver just having to show his driving skills and more to the driver's skills as a shoulder to cry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a supportive, a supportive friend. And I love Wong Kar Wai because Wong Kar Wai is the most uncompromising man in cinema, maybe. He is only going to do his shit. 
you ask him, like maybe Terrence Malick is the only other guy who's like on on this level of like, no, I can't. I don't know how. I do not know how to do anything but my shit. You're hiring for me to do my thing. So in this one, basically, the driver's hired to spy on a paranoid actor's wife by his, quote, nervous manager, played by Forrest Whitaker. (laughs) So interesting side thing to this. In Forrest Whitaker's contract, it was stated that this film could not be sold or shown in any way outside of BMW.com. But this movie played can. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they try to give it away in Vanity Fair magazine on the DVD. And, like, Forrest, like, fired off a lawsuit. Like, and I don't know if he just, like, was embarrassed or just not really. Um... So, basically, the oh, and then the original um, DVD that was in the BMWs did not include the follow. Oh, it was, weird. And it was removed from the BMW website. And basically, they claim it was a contract dispute with Whitaker based on what it was. And um, it's currently only on YouTube. Wow. It, this, is the hardest one to, this is the hardest one to find due to whatever went down with Forrest Whitaker on this one. Yeah. Um, it's a fascinating, like, if you're a One Car Y fan, mm-hmm. it's, you gotta. It's a must. Along with everything else the guy's done. Like, it, it fits right in. He barely shows the BMWs. There's two of them in this one. He barely yeah. shows them. <laughs> it's like, I would say that the BMW is in not in the movie more than it is in it, which is yes. crazy for a, uh, ostensibly, what is a BMW commercial? <laughs> There's a lot more of Clive Owen kind of reconciling with Mickey Rourke in a trailer. There's yeah. Clive Owen being a shoulder to Adriana Lima over a drink at the airport and thinking, maybe, do I have a shot with her? I think that that was there, too. <laughs> a lot of, like, worried manic force Whitaker, who I think goes through three accents in one uh, yeah. in one scene. <laughs> it is wild and fascinating, and I was taken away. I did not feel like I was watching a BMW commercial. I thought I was watching a weird one car Y movie. Like, a lesser <laughs> one car Y movie. And, folks... I'll take it. <laughs> it's it's cool. It is cool that this does feel like like a weird litmus test, or like it just does feel like you're just getting to see like a, the purest distillation of each of these directors from better or for worse. Like, yeah, Angley solving technical problems, John Frankenheimer meat and potato suspense, one car why, romantic madness. <laughs> yes, and on our next film. For guy Richie, a dumb joke. <laughs> yeah, a, dumb, a childish yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah, very much like uh, something that would have been considered edgy at the time this was released. For that it, was just kind of dumb and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, this one is called Star, directed by Guy Ritchie, written by Joe Sweet and Guy Ritchie, and this one features the BMW M5. Oh, not M5. bad. And this one does really give us a look at the BMW and all of this its is, capabilities. Yeah, this is BMW-centric, for sure. This is BMW-centric. One thing I do want to note about Season 1 compared to Season 2 and the one-off Season 3, mm-hmm. I think RSA compared to anonymous content, RSA knew where their bread was buttered, and the RSA films sell the BMWs better. Like they portray yes. the BMWs like performance and what they can do in a much bigger like they just didn't hire the directors who are interested in that 
in season two and three, they hire the directors who are interested in showing off what the BMW was capable of. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I don't think, yeah, I don't think you go to Wong Kar. Like I love Wong Kar Wai, but he's not necessarily like the guy who would, um, he's not, a, he's not, a, he doesn't come off as like a car guy necessarily. Yeah. And neither yeah. does not this, not star, which we'll finish talking about, but the next one in particular has zero interest. Even though I like the car chase in the next one quite a bit, actually. But we'll get to that. Um, So in this one, the driver is chosen um, by a spoiled and shallow celebrity to drive her to a venue. Oh, you hate to see it. Unbeknownst to her, the manager is actually asked to hire the driver to teach a celebrity a lesson, pretending to escape her facility bodyguards. He recklessly drives through the city and he just tosses Madonna around like a fucking rag doll in the back of this car. Beats the crap out of her. It's not... It's actually... Fun, like I thought it was like very surfacely like just dumb, like a dumb joke when I watched it. Oh no, it. this is but in it's retrospect, li- it's a little queasy. Yeah. It's a little queasy. It's just, it's just stupid. Because it's all it's played just... for a joke. There's nothing yeah. like there's yeah, it's all just played for a lark. Yeah, I well this that's one like second too, by the way. This was the second one I watched because I didn't watch oh. them in any particular I watched them however they popped up on YouTube as oh, the next movie up, except for Beat the Devil, which I purposely watched last. Thankfully. I uh, I watched it. See, I watched it in the proper order, and mm-hmm. so, but uh, and so, beat the devil. I think was second to last. I guess because yeah. I for- I forgot there was a uh, the Neil Blomkamp. One. Yeah, oh, Mister Mister Chappie. Yeah, but um, <laughs> Chappie Neil's yeah Chappie Blomkamp. Blomkamp Neil the Chappie Blomkamp. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one is um, I think this is the weakest one. Yes, I would say the same thing. I'd say this is. It's just kind of like childish and uh probably i feel like guy or she would look back on this and feel a little sheepish yeah hopefully I mean, or maybe knows. not i don't know maybe not maybe he's like I oh mean, I'm a- i think he was work. he was working maybe working some personal stuff out because he was married to madonna that is true that's the weird that, and that's, that's weird that's and weird. to madonna's credit she's game she is game yes yeah she's, game. She, like- and she's not credited I think she's just credited as like the star or something like that. Like she doesn't doesn't say Madonna in the credits. Mm. So on the exact complete flip side of Star, the mm. final film of season one, Powder Keg. Oh my goodness. Directed by Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuritu, written by Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuritu, Guillermo Ariaga, and David Carter. And starring Stellan Skarsgård as the passenger and Lois Smith as his mother. This one features the BMW X5 3.0i. Memorable car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your car. <laughs> Jay Leno's listening. He's like, they are not there. Downblade the cars. <laughs> yeah. You need a little more cars. You need a little more cars. <laughs> to tell you, I don't own a car. Yeah. Like, I share a car with my wife. That's how, like, yeah. in Los Angeles, we have one car in our entire household. That's how little we are car people. <laughs> yeah, I, I drive it. I did. I did used to drive an Audi, but, but like my favorite driver, no offense, driver in this, the transporter himself, Jason Statham, was an Audi man in those Ooh. films. So anyway, powder keg. In a war-torn Latin American country, uh-oh, this is different than this is different than yeah. Star. <laughs> Wait, we're selling cars still, right? That's me as the BMW executive yeah. <laughs> on set. Yeah, I can picture Fallon like, sure about this one, guys? Okay, war photographer <laughs> Harvey Jacobs, played by the great Stellan Skarsgård of, Cor- of Mamma Mia fame. Most oh, yeah. Remember him from that? 
witnesses a massacre and is wounded trying to escape. The UN hires the driver to rescue him from hostile territory. The UN? As they're, dri- as they're driving around as he's bleeding out, he hands off the photos to the driver to get them to the New York Times. Yeah, the failing times. New York Times. Selling stars guard had a little Trump. You got to get this to the failing New York Times. Terrible paper. Terrible paper. Liars. Liars. <laughs> get Fake, it news. Fake news. I'd love to be in it, though. <laughs> Should be he, the president of America. And he gives him. Yeah, he gives him the film. But Clive Owen's like, hell no, man. We're getting you home. We're saving you. Um, they get in a big car chase. Car chase is actually really good. I really mm-hmm. like the car chase in this one. It does not really focus on the BMW so much as like actual like intense story driven like filmmaking. Right. Um, they get to the guard. They get to a border guard. Comes hostile. The driver disarms the border guard in a really rad way too. Ooh, yeah, well, he uses the car. So he, yeah, he uses the car, but you'd also kind of like to see like maybe the driver get out of the car. This goes against the entire point, but you like to see it like his hand-to-hand combat skills. Ooh, yeah, I'd love it. It'd be so great if, like, halfway through one of these higher things, they just do a full-on, like, porn ultimatum-level fight. Yeah. <laughs> so you know who they hire? That's that's the pitch. They hire the guy who did the raid movies. That's, yeah, the, Garth... that's one of yeah, Garth, yeah, that's one of the guys they get. He would do yeah. it. I, he would do it in a heartbeat, I think, and he'd kick ass at it. Yes, that, he would crush but, it! Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, though, during all this chaos, Stellan does die. He bleeds out in the back of the car. See, okay, here we go. This is what I was going to say earlier. I feel like um, what they should have done is have the car drive so fast to like the hospital or whatever that it mm-hmm. saves him. That's like missed opportunity, baby. Mm-hmm. But you got to get his dog tags to mom. And the funniest button, actually the second funniest button of this entire thing is, you should be proud of him. He just won the Pulitzer Prize. So insane. <laughs> it's so stupid. So insane. It's, like, ha- it's like hat on hat beat like the last. He also cured cancer. Like just uh man. We've also I, replaced his soul in the body of a goddamn Navi. Yeah, he's a Navi now, but he has to He's a Navi. Voice. Well they need voices on the ground in the war between the sky people and the Navi. <laughs> To cover they it. Need, they need the New York a, Times they, needs to cover that war. We need a Navi office, a Pandora, <laughs> <laughs> a bureau. Yeah, the, the Navi bureau or the Pandora bureau. <laughs> I like it. David Brooks. So this one was also photographed by Robert Richardson. Did you catch that in the credits? No. Yeah. Insane. It looks looks awesome. It looks totally awesome. I did not, because, like, yeah, I was, like, making notes about, like, all these guys yeah, seem to but... have their guys with them. Like, you know, Ang Lee, you got Tim Squires, you got Michael Dana, you I know. Harris Savitas did the one car Y one. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, all they like... all have their guys. It's great. It is, it is like they get the gang together to, to you know, yeah. to play with some new toys and rules. So... This one, like, does this one is wild. It's, like, a deeply... In, it's like reveling in Alejandro Gonzalez and Iritu miserableism. Like, yeah, oh, it's nonstop. so <laughs> One of the kings of no comedy as well. <laughs> yes, he is one of the original kings of no comedy, him and Dominic. Yeah. 
the original kings of no yeah. comedy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this is like deep and he like but he had just done so one. This so this is um post Amores Peros pre uh, twenty one grams, so he's in it. Guillermo mm-hmm. Ariaga, who was the writer, co writer with him on Amores Peros twenty one grams and Babel co-wrote this one with him Oof, yeah you can feel it yeah it's definitely that and same energy yeah and yeah. then <laughs> I, banned for he Inaritu banned ariaga from can when they premiered Babel there i'd love another fly in the wall drama i'd like to know about what happened between ariaga and um, Inaritu? i think it was uh ariaga viewed it as a team and a collaboration and perhaps Inuritu viewed it as I am the genius. O2O. Ooh. Inuritu. Come on, we're yeah, Bardo Boys, a, but this is a... yeah, yeah, hashtag Bardo Boys still and for life. But but I think that's part of like that guy dressing him down on the roof. Oh that's, that's all part of that. Do you think that's year ago? Could be. It could Man. be. Well, that yeah. like then that adds a totally insane because like that ends with him silencing him and forcing him to walk away into yeah. nothingness. Because, he <laughs> that... can't, because I think he still sees like I can't like I'm not gonna bend. Like oh my god, yeah, because he's a, like I think he's aware of his flaws yet can't mm. stop himself. Oof, brilliant, interesting, wonderful, wonderful stuff, Bardo. Yeah, de- folks, deeper than you think, deeper than you think. Yep. All right. It's not... So season one of the higher smash mm-hmm. BMW sales go up. It's this phenomenon. Everybody's watching it. It's getting tons of views on the internet. What was it? The... I think it was like 12. The sales went up like 12%. Yeah. It's a smash. It's awesome. Everybody's like that worked. You were, you texted me that both uh, niece was it Nissan and Mercedes <laughs> tried their own versions. <laughs> yeah. It was Nissan. Yeah, Nissan and uh, Mercedes, exactly. Yeah. Nissan's, I love the name of Nissan's, the Porter. I know. <laughs> and it's like like the bad Simpsons joke version of the name. But I think this goes to show you hire like a v- seemingly visionary ad man, like this Pat Fallon guy, and you mm-hmm. hire anonymous content and David fucking Fincher to like hold over the thing. The results are there. Hire good people. Don't just yeah. copy. Don't. It isn't about like. It isn't just like any concept will do. It's about execution and craft and all of these things. These are well crafted. It does make you excited about BMW. Well, I think the, yeah. Well, I think the thing too is like a lot of it too is like you know, the money's on the table. Like yeah. you can see, there's like it. They spent, just yeah. even. They actually like yeah the fact that they had like brand name. People, you know what I mean, compared to like mm-hmm. the the hire, which was uh, just looking at the the cast and the group that you know, or not the hire, the porter, yeah. looking at the the cast and group, like it's pretty um, unmemorable. Yeah, and this one has like real movie stars, real budgets, real directors, mm-hmm. and then the below the line people. We just mentioned all the camera crews, but I mean, like, like David Fincher's editor Angus Wall edited a lot of these, like. The music got people like Clint Mansell, Henry Gregson Williams, Michael Dana, like real composers. They got scores. like that, they're real. They treat it like real, like move. They didn't treat it just like uh, an everyday commercial. They, treat, they the treated cool, it like re- every one yeah. of these filmmakers, regardless of whether we personally enjoyed their film. Mm-hmm. They all like went for it. There was yeah. there's no like 
there's, there's there. I mean, obviously everyone got paid, but they were trying things mm -hmm. with this to try and figure out the way. I mean, Inaritu's film feels right in line with whatever was on his mind at that moment. It's... One Car Wise feels right in line with whatever was on his mind at that it's, moment. It's also just such a fun opportunity to see, like, it's like, Giving every one of these great directors the same prompt and telling him to go, seeing where each one takes yeah. it, seeing it which lens they see it through. That's just like really, even when they don't work, it's just fascinating I think that, to that see. Is always so fun. And I, we've talked a little bit of, I wish the franchise movies, the Marvels, the DCs, and down the line, I wish they all did this. Yeah. I, I would make them so much more intrigued because obviously there are going to be moments that don't work. There are going to be mm -hmm. ones that just don't work, right? But like, like then they did the only series I can think of that the early Mission Impossible's are the only thing that come close to this. Yeah, that's like the yeah because like with the early Mission Impossible's at least you had like every you had like the John Woo take you had the <laughs> Brian De Palma yeah. take you had and well and it sucks because now yeah well as as good as they are like I love I love recent. them still. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just yeah, but now it's just kind of like the the stunt. But it, and it's like yeah, they need to bring a film series. Someone do that. Someone just like create a franchise, and then the point of the franchise is you let a cool director have fun. <laughs> yeah, and like do their thing within like this rule set. Yes. Basically, like you obviously like you have a different director for every James Bond, like a cool director for every one of them. Okay, yeah. so James Bond has to do this. There has to be like an Aston Martin. He has to use this gun. He has to have the martini. It's got to be some girls. It's got to be like a one-eyed nemesis. M and yeah. Q and the rest of the gang have to be involved. Otherwise, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it has to be you have to globetrot. But other than that, do whatever you want. Why not? I would do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> you would do it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. You heard us. So you heard us, MGM. Do it. You've heard us, MGM. I know you're looking for a revamp. It's us, and we're gonna um, we're gonna bring back basically the entire cast of the Banshees of Inishirin. Yes, that's gonna be everyone who's in New Bond. Uh, uh, Colin Farrell is. Oh, it's Brendan Gleeson. He's Bond. He's let oh. himself go. <laughs> this is like a late, like an aged Bond. Oh, I like they this. They had to drag him back in for a one last job movie. Let's call it a one last job movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, he's just like, please let me, let me just and, drink myself um, to death. <laughs> yeah. And like Colin Farrell is the bad guy. Mm. And then um, Barry Kugan is like the young upstart, but who's also like got a screw loose. And Bond's like, I don't know if we want this guy's like enjoying himself too much. Ooh, he's kind of like uh the who is the actor who played the CIA agent that turned out to be a baddie? He's kind of like that character in No Time to Die. He's like the he's like the kind of like the enemy. He's like a he's like an enemy mole or something that's hidden in the yeah. company. <laughs> yeah, or like um Sean Bean and Goldeneye. Ooh, but like Sean Bean had more Sean Bean. Sean Bean. This look like you know, but you know what I mean. You know, I know what you, you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you MGM, mean. MGM, give us a ring. Hit us up. Hit us up. So. Season two. They had to do a season two. It's a hit. Mm -hmm. It's a smash. Smash. Um, <laughs> it's a smash. But David Fincher was knee deep in panic room. When oh, this no. Happened. So David Fincher could not be involved in season two. Thus, anonymous content dropped out. And our friends of RSA Associates took over as the filmmaking side of 
these films. Fallon is still involved on the advertising side. Mm-hmm. RSA, I feel in these three films, brings a much different aesthetic to mm-hmm. the entire thing. These are all action oriented. Mm-hmm. In a like they there is no Wong Kar wise to be seen in these three. Yeah. They no, are, there's no uh there's no uh no one's like plumbing for depth in these yeah. necessarily. Yeah. They're action oriented. Um that's one issue. And then um interestingly enough, for all of them, they're selling one particular car for all three oh. films, which is the BMW Z4 3.0i Roadster. Mm. Um these ones have are of a slicker kind of frankly Ridley Tony feel to them. Even yes. the ones that Ridley and Tony did not direct. <laughs> um I also feel all three of these feature the car a, like a little bit more up front mm-hmm. than the original five. The first one in the group is Hostage, directed by the great, the god, the legend, John Woo. Written by David Carter, Greg Hahn, and Vincent Now. Um, starring Maury Chaikin and Catherine Morris. So, the driver is hired by the FBI to help defuse <laughs> a hostage situation. I was very confused. Yeah, one of my notes was like, would the FBI do this? Just hire a guy? Yeah, who is this guy? He works for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, a disgruntled employee has kidnapped the CEO and hidden her, demanding uh, five million and change it for her release. It's like a burger joint or something like that. Yeah, too, it's, isn't it's like it? a weird. Yeah, it's like a McDonald's. Yeah, rip offers. It's very weird. So and that the, that doesn't factor into anything, by the way. <laughs> the driver has written delivers the money, writing the sum on his hand as instructed by the hostage in order to burn the money in the living room barbecue. Living mm. room barbecue. That, that many of us yeah. <laughs> yeah, folks don't you love to to barbecue in the middle of your live don't you love yeah. it when all that smoke so just turns the, off the alarm maury chaikin is the disgruntled employee and um we'll get to who we think is gave the best non-clive owen performance here but we may have a front runner <laughs> in is. maury chaikin he is unhinged he's doing his thing we love the guy um i realized the last time we saw him was of course in um the very memorable art of Oh, oh yes, <laughs> the art of war. Oh man, Mari, uh, uh, I could go back in time and be your agent, Mari. <laughs> memorable, <laughs> much talked about episode of the Academy again. Yeah. Oh man, the maybe, art of our war. Least, maybe our least downloaded episode we ever put out. <laughs> yeah, like it. somehow it's like it got undownloaded twice. Yeah. We have negative two yeah. downloads. You know, never mind. I don't want to hear about U.S. Marshals. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I don't need. Yeah, we don't need to hear about never the mind. sequel to the Fugitive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's probably yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah. so the guy then freaking shoots himself in the head mm. without revealing the woman's location. The D- D- driver somehow surmises that the ransom amount is actually the woman's cell phone number and tracks the location of the trunk of a sinking car oh in the middle of like some like the bay in like Long Beach or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Clive hits the road in his roadster and. John Wu does shoot the hell out of he that jump. Yeah, with the car. I mean, it makes the car impressive. It kind uh, of 
it, it it's almost makes me angry that that's it's so well done that it makes me mad that it's in like a BMW commercial. Like it's like too it's too that that car oh, jump yeah. is too good for this. Oh, and it opens with the slow motion dropping of bullets in a close Ooh. up, and you're like, man, we are in John Woo's zone right now. Yes. This is this is tasty. Um, <laughs> so Clive. Does a great dive off the dock, gets out of the car, does not drive the dock. It would have been really funny if he drove the car into the water, got her in the car <laughs> yeah. out of the water. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Like a disclaimer after the wear your seatbelt disclaimer of like, cars don't actually, are not able to do this. John Woo made a choice. <laughs> yeah. Cars cannot swim. And then they, we we discovered that Maury Chicken has briefly survived. Hmm shooting himself they go to the hospital and then we get this ending this utterly unnecessary end it with him rescuing her that's all we need put a towel on her walk away right. you know <laughs> walk away driver take your cash she reveals right before maury passes that they were lovers and she only used him for sex before he dies what does wow. that even make sense with anything? No, it's Is like it... I feel like the, it's trying to do that. Like, what the hell? You thought you'd think Mari was the the crazy one, yeah. but really, it was this lady that wanted Mari. And it's who's like, the, who's this? Who is his boss? We got a disclosure situation. Who is his boss? Also, it is... is like a good like twenty five years younger than him. Yeah, very I, attractive know... by comparison to him. It's it's insane. Like his Mari is like, you know, twenty years is all. I think it's more like thirty. Like Mari is an older gentleman, and like, uh, and I think she's a like thirty at best year old woman. Yeah. Do you think like John Woo? Like they both went on set, and they were gonna have like the different. Like they were cast as the other like you know characters, and John was like, hmm, what if we switch these? There, there's almost a thing like that John was just like the ending's boring we need one final punch yeah um, that might be it it's it doesn't work doesn't work no it, and, it makes and no otherwise sense. incredibly satisfying yeah movie. good yeah but it has the it has the best car jump of the entire it, like that it is it's crazy it's really good <laughs> the my favorite car moment is still to come that really oh. shows you to me at least why I should buy a BMW we'll talk about it Okay, Next excited. movie up is perhaps the most confusing of the group, and this is, of oh. course, Ticker. Oh, this one's crazy. Uh, written and directed by Joe Carnahan. M- uh, Mr. Uh, was it Ace of... What's that movie? Uh, Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces. Yeah. This one has the Joe Carnahan vibe of, like, you know what's neat? Like, blowing stuff up and guns and coherence not as neat. The only movie, Narc, Narc, his first movie is actually, or I don't think it's his first movie, his first like big movie is actually quite good and a little more sensitive. Great Ray Liotta performance in that too. I think he's like, I like Joe Carnahan. I don't think he's like, I feel like, because he did The Grey too, which is a really yeah. cool movie. Well, the I world think... needs like muscular dudes. Yeah. It just doesn't need to be all them. He, like it used I to think... be. Oh, totally. I think he's like the perfect definition of a vulgar auteur or whatever. Yeah. Maybe like, yeah, yeah. just like, yeah, he has like he, a very unique aesthetic. He slides in there. Yeah, he gets it done. His also, way. supposed to direct um, 
Mission Impossible 3 for quite a while and left the project due to creative differences. And that was, and then J.J. Uh, Abrams, the noted visual auteur, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Uh, one, who's got one move, the goddamn sun in the camera. Uh, yeah, very <laughs> famous for his unique aesthetic. Yeah, definitely. unique aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Monaghan like... would have just been like, rock'em, sock'em. Oh, version yeah. Version of Mission Impossible, which would have been great. It would have been really fun. Yeah, would have been very, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman definitely would have exploded. I will say, though, in I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance in Mission Impossible 3 really rocks. He's amazing he is... in it. He He's, might be the best villain in a Mission Impossible. I think that's an easy bar to climb or to to go above. It's it's an easy bar, and he's so good. He's like yeah. genuinely scary. Like that monologue. He's like, got a wife, got kids. I'm gonna find him. You know, it's just that how calm he is about it. Well, that's great. And what's scary about him is he's like a normal guy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what really makes him freaky is that he's yeah. just like a dude. Yeah, <laughs> and he never awesome. like yeah he never like gets like really he never gets operatic about it he just he keeps it kind of cool and that's yeah that's what makes it yeah. work an amazing actor obviously <laughs> tell me something we don't know yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> so in an unnamed foreign country a man carrying oh we should note uh this one stars don Cheadle and f marie abraham mm-hmm. and features cameos by ray Liotta, robert patrick Clifton Brown and Dennis Haysbert. blinking you miss them in almost all cases outside of Leota. Um, oh yeah Unnamed foreign country, a man carrying a mysterious briefcase survives an ambush en route to his destination. Driver rescues and escorts the man while under helicopter attack. During the chase, the briefcase struck by a bullet starts leaking fluid. What the hell is in this damn briefcase? Oh, no. Uh, And there's like a countdown on it. And Don Cheadle, who's the man carrying the briefcase, is freaking out. Driver managed (laughs) to get the helicopter to crash but refuses to proceed without knowing what the hell is in this damn briefcase. I'm not driving around. It could be goop monster or something. Yeah. I assume, he, th- bomb. I assume he thought it was like a monster. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Like some sort of Dracula in there. Yeah. Just waiting to get out. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me you got a goddamn Frankenstein in here. <laughs> you put a Frankenstein in that small suitcase. Get the hell out of here. It's kind of cute though, right? He's kind of a tiny, tiny Frankenstein. Yeah, it's a little guy. It's a little guy. It's a little guy. It's a little guy. You have a Frankenstein in your pocket. (laughs) All right, I'm in. America needs that little Frankenstein. Jesus Christ. (laughs) See that movie? It's very early. Um, It is revealed, though, that there's a human heart. It's a transplant heart in the briefcase, and he used to get it transplanted into the unnamed nation's leader. Who has brought peace and prosperity to the country for yeah. many years? Should he die, his heir will be a tyrannical general. Oh no, I hate those. Whose soldiers have been trying to stop them the entire time. The general's at the hospital too, waiting to see what happens, <laughs> which is wild. All right. Okay. I guess like he's he's cool with them. He become he becomes bad once the guy dies. That's the mm-hmm. thing. And yeah. the, the, the leader is F. Marie Abraham. Right? Yes, it is. 100%. You can't tell. You 100% can't well, tell. Well, we mentioned it earlier. Both Patrick guy, we did not know. We no, did not pick up on it until the credits that it was him at all. Yeah, it literally, I didn't even, I, you know, I must have like skipped after the credits. It wasn't until I watched like the making up documentary where I saw like F. Murray Abraham without his like makeup or whatever. Yeah. Where I was like, what? Why? How did he get here? What's he talking about? So the driver realizes it's good. We're all good. 
I get it. Good mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good mission, guys. And yeah. he, he moves <laughs> on, gets Don Cheadle there. They make the heart transplant. The general walks away like like with the Snoopy music playing with his head down. <laughs> God. And all as well. Wah, and wah. Um, like all those character actors we mentioned, Ray Liotta, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're all like at the hospital waiting for the heart to show up. Doesn't make a lick of sense. No. Um, fun to watch. Doesn't yeah. make a lick of sense. No, like, I wonder if they watched. I wonder, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Joe Carnahan watched Rat Race and was like, oh, I can yeah, do that. Man, I can do that." <laughs> but if, you know, uh, we watched Rat Race the other day. Quick digression. <laughs> so the entire race, I. I had the biggest smile on my face when they got to the very end, and it's like a charity concert, and they cut to the little kid who goes, ooh! Smash Mouth! Smash Mouth! <laughs> Every kid's dream! And then we end with All Star yet again in another movie. Oh, God, three! It was like, yeah, this was like Mystery Men Shrek and Rat Race. It had, they, the has any other song been so successful? I don't think All-Star, so. And then, like, they're all, like, dancing and singing and mugging. And I, I wonder if, like, Brecken Meyer looks back and be kind of just like, his kids are watching Rat Race. He's like, I don't I don't know. I can't, can't explain this. Then they all crowd surf. It is, they don't make them like that anymore. They no, don't they don't. Like the, no, just like, yeah. no. We need the joie de vivre of Rat Race to return. We need yeah. that just, like. Let's just forget, you know, let's, we can do that at a Billy Ellish concert or whoever the big star is now. Let's just let's Ooh, bring it back. Sam Smith. Or yeah. something like that. Whoa, it's Sam Smith. Whoa. <laughs> they don't write novelty songs anymore, though, that are hits, like accidental no. hits. Like, when was the last, like, Chumba Wumba? Like, we need another, Man. like, we need another, like, even as I hate that Barbie Girl song more than most things. Yeah, but I you know there's a part of me that wants something that annoying to return. To. Yeah, I'm blue Abu Abu die. We don't yeah, do that anymore. Or the the body rock guys, LMFAO, like just like a good time. It comes on when you're at a bar. And you're like, yeah, oh, this is kind of you know the last one is that Psy oh, guy, the the Psy, the um Gangnam the, Style, Bank Gangnam Style. Yeah, yeah, Gangnam last, Style. Yeah. Um, send yeah. us an email at the Academy Academy. Podcast. Tell us are? what, yeah, the you know the the Academy Academy podcast. Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at the Acad Acad. If you if you if you can name a newer novelty smash than Gangnam yeah. Style, let us know. Remind us of that song. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, who is 2022's Chumba Wumba or 2023's Chumba Wumba? Let us know. All right, so Patrick, we've got we are at a we are at an interesting point. In this episode, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about beat the devil now, or do we want to jump ahead briefly to the escape and then close things out by talking about beat the devil? You know what? Let's jump ahead. Let's say beat the devil okay. for last. Yeah. I like it too. So We're going to Blonde Camp, yeah. Season two was a smash, but then things started to change. BMW reevaluated, and BMW ended up dropping Fallon as their ad agency in 05. Wow. And so and Clive Owen became a big star. Yeah. So, <laughs> suddenly he was probably costing a lot more money. To... <laughs> yeah. Suddenly Clive Owen was a tougher git. Yes. Um, then, so they went dormant for many, many years. But people had fond memories of them. 
they was actually they would screen them. People watch them on YouTube. People still talked about how fun they kind of these things kind of were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess after a month after the premiere of Beat the Devil Direct TV, just it was airing them in mm-hmm. loop in like half hour loops, the shorts and everything like that. Right. And um, there was a Dark Horse was going to do a comic series. Based oh, on I saw that. Like, and they got like, what was it? Like, Mark Wade and like the guy who wrote Akira. Yeah, was going. It's like they basically did the same thing, with but with comics. like comics. It's yeah, which is just insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they, but in October twenty first, two thousand five, BMW stopped distribution of the DVD and removed the films from their website. Four years after the DVD series was abandoned, reportedly because it just became all too expensive. Um, mm. the vice president of marketing in BMW, James McDowell, the originator mm. of the project who brought it to Fallon, left um, and went to a different division. They spit from Fallon worldwide, and that was that. The series was viewed, though, over 100 million times in the four years it was on BMW.com and basically changed advertising, video advertising forever. I saw like I think their sales the year it was released went up like twelve percent. Yes, just insane. That is like so. It's wild that they dropped because like that's like a that's a huge increase and, for cars. Yeah, yeah, huge. It was just an absolute smash. Um, like Patrick said, Nissan and Mercedes copied it. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Besson straight up said that the transporter is a riff on uh. the hire. Oh my goodness. Um I guess around uh around in twenty sixteen Ford made a short film advertising the twenty fifteen Ford Edge. Um starring Mads Mickelson. I'd like to see this now that I hear wow. that name. And yeah. as the titular character, La Fantôme. That's what I'm talking about. None of this porter crap. I want to I want to know what's up with La Fantôme. And naturally, it was directed by Jake Scott. Son of Ridley Scott. Wow, of course, things back. Yeah, but simultaneously, there was um, there's already nostalgia for these films. People enjoyed them. So in 2016, they brought back one more film in the series. This film is called The Escape. Clive oh, Owen wow. is back as the driver. This one features the BMW 5 Series G30. Mm-hmm. This one is directed by Neil Blomkamp. Written by Neil Blomkamp and David Carter, who one of the uh, people uh, who was throughout the, you know, throughout the series, a key figure and anonymous content was back as the producers on this one. Interestingly enough, this one co-stars John Bernthal, Dakota Fanning of Man on Fire and Vera Farmiga. This one I thought was pretty cool. I think this one had maybe my... It's a tie between this and the really cool John Woo jump for my favorite like moment. It has my favorite non-car moment for sure. We'll say that. I think this one actually shows the performance of the car the best too. The part yeah. where he brings down a helicopter on a winch with the car. Okay, you know what? It, it is car. car before, it's car oriented. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. The car defeating helicopter makes me say, "Well, that's cool. That is a perk." Of buying yeah. the BMW 5 Series G30. <laughs> well, also, they show the helicopters, like, 
like that whole scene where the helicopter hits the side of the yeah. the uh, the the bridge. Oh man! And it's this like one this one wasn't cheap. This one was not cheap because this also had like a massive freeway shut down. Like at a like it looked like the one in Tenant almost. Like yeah. car chase. Like yeah, yeah B, like BMW dropped some I am legend money. To, like... Yeah. So this one is after the disappearance of geneticist Dr. Nora Phillips, the molecular mm. genetics company's illegal activities in human cloning what become exposed hell? and the FBI raids the facility. One surviving specimen, Lily, played by Dakota Fanning, is escorted by a ruthless mercenary named Holt, played by John <laughs> Bernthal, to be delivered to an unknown client. The driver is hired to transport the package with Holt accompanying along with an armed convoy of other mercenaries. The driver realizes that Lily possesses humanity. He's like, uh-uh, Holt. Tosses John Bernthal from the car, and they get in a rad car chase, showcasing the BMW, showcasing the chopper. It's it's really good. Yeah, the, the action is great. Uh, driver, of course, wins. Oh yeah, gets the girl to safe harbor where she's happily reunited with Doctor Phillips, the unknown client that originally hired the driver. Driver nods his head, walks away, perhaps to be seen another day. One thing yeah, I he walks say, into the sunset. Loved John Bernthal in this. Oh, he's so scummy. He's great. Yeah, he's. Is he not good? Every time that guy shows up, he just smile. Goes on my yeah. face. Like, he's, like yeah. I feel like this movie or whatever show he's on has just raised his game. If this guy's in it, yeah, he's like one of those like cool like characters. He's he's kind of like the American Clive Owen in a weird way. Mm-hmm. He has that same like where he can be a little swap if he wants to be, but he's also a little rough around the edges. He could do it all too. He can be kind of funny. He could be like supporting. He could be lead. He could be tough. Oh man, sensitive. my favorite, my favorite show, uh, John Bernthal performance is in Show Me the Show Me a Hero, and he plays a nerd in that. He plays like a lawyer nerd, and he's yeah. great. Like he is just um, this guy's great. Yeah, yeah, he rules. Yeah, just I mean, yeah, I hope you all know that out there. This is a guy we're celebrating. He's like, I mean, just look at what he's got going on. I mean, like. Yeah, he says some good stuff. Just down yeah, the line. He was good in Ford V Ferrari. Good in that. Oh, yeah, he crushed it in Ford V Ferrari. He's yeah. really good in that the most recent David Simon, like up oh, the cops, yeah. they're not that great. Yeah. A Fury, Wolf of Wall Street. I mean mm. yeah. This guy's yeah. uh he was on American Gigolo, the show. Did oh, Brief yeah. Parents in the Bear, too? Totally. Yeah. Supposedly he's like really good in the American Gigolo show, too. I've heard that. I'm sure he is. I don't doubt yep. it for a second. He's yeah, cool dude. And he's really good in this as the heavy. He he matches up with Clive Owen really well and as a good like threat to Clive. <laughs> you know, um baddies across this series, like threats to Clive. They're a little mm-hmm. faceless. It was cool having like a threat to Clive that you got their face and you got to know them mm-hmm. too. Like Yeah. It's nice having like a something for him to bounce off of that's not just who he's like kind of like I mean, I guess he is shepherding Bernthal, but like he needs like a good like he needs a good foil. He needs an enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. He, I like that he has this enemy in this. Um, really fun one. This one, I I think this is a really fun movie. Yeah, I think so too. I think, and it's like, yeah, I like. I feel like uh, Blomkamp has had like a bad rep. Rec- gotten a bad rep really recently. Uh, I've been talent, ta- Talented guy. Um, yeah, we'll see where. Yeah. 
you know, I'm curious where his career goes from here. It was such a smash. He's still very, very young. He was only born in 1979. Oh my god, yeah. Well, now like he's directing. I think his next thing is going to be a uh, on the subject of cars. He's directing oh, yes. a Gran Turismo movie, which I'm like, okay. If this is Why if you can like yeah. yeah, if like if the car stuff is cool, then I'm in. Yeah, David Harbour's in it. He's always good. Ooh, Mr. Harbour. Wait, was he? God, have you seen the uh, trailer for like where he's a ghost? No. Oh my God, you need to look up. Uh, there's a yeah, no, it's coming a, to Netflix. It's on Netflix, so I probably will watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably. It might be like a you know lazy Sunday. I have a hangover. My yeah. throw on. We have a ghost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, Christopher Landon directed it. Who is a really good, like genre director. He mm-hmm. directed um. The Happy Death Day series and oh, yeah. and Freaky, Freaky. Uh, which was a very fun movie mm. uh, with yeah, the, I'm, I'm... the uh, Freaky Friday meets horror movie with Vince Vaughn. Hell yeah! All right, so we liked it, but let's get to the main event, shall we? Oof, here we go. Here's the here's the here's some stakes. The season stuff. season finale of season two is a film entitled "Beat the Devil," directed by our beloved Tony Scott. Written Mm -hmm. by David Carter, Greg Hahn, and Vincent Now, featuring the BMW Z4 3.0i, as is the rest of this. Starring. I'll give some dramatic. (laughs) James Brown. Yes, the godfather of soul himself. Oh, my goodness. Gary (laughs) Oldman. Danny Trejo with a cameo. By Marilyn Manson. Wow. Whoa. Okay. So, <laughs> we'll give you the plot first before we get into the crazy deets. Mm-hmm. The driver is employed by James Brown playing himself. To goes to meet the devil in Las Vegas. The devil is played by Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. To renegotiate the deal he made as a young man in which he traded his soul for fame and fortune. James is worried about aging and the fact he can no longer perform like he used to. To renew his contract, James proposes that they have a drag race on the Las Vegas Strip at dawn, wagering the driver's soul. Unbeknownst to Clive, Clive was like, I was not in on this. For another 50 years of success. The race ends with the driver swerving to pass a moving train while the devil's car, a flamed Painted Flames, Pontiac Firebird crashes and explodes, flips over like the moving train, basically. Having won the race, the driver leaves James Brown in the desert, but as he drives away, he sees him as a young man again, which causes the driver to chuckle. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's at it again, this this little trickster. (laughs) And then the final scene shows Marilyn Manson, who lives down the hall from the devil, Complaining that the noise is disturbing his Bible reading. Yeah, I'm just trying to get through Leviticus here, man. This movie is not normal. It is not. That's <laughs> yeah, the tagline. Not a normal film. It's the Academy Academy. So you said on the making of Tony Scott said he wanted it just to feel like a crystal meth peak for nine minutes. Yes. I've never done crystal meth. Don't plan yeah. on it. They're not doing it for the podcast. No, no, no. Um, yeah, only if we're paid. If we have a Patreon, maybe. If we have a no. Patreon, maybe. Yeah, start paying for, <laughs> for paying for it. We'll give it a yeah, go. Yeah, support um, our bad addiction. 
is wild. It is as wild as we just described. James Brown shows up. And he's James Brown. Yeah. Like, it's not. And he's in it. It's not like a cameo. He is in the entire movie. Well, it's also crazy that, like, it's so funny. Like, he's like, they have to, like, give him subtitles. Because yeah. he is very. Oh, he's, he's a little mumbly, but he's also beginning to use that thing that he started in Man on Fire. Where it's just like, let's put text on the screen. Yes, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of man on early man on fire and on fire here, domino. Yeah. This is all kind of like he's testing. This is like a testing ground for how crazy things we're gonna get. Yeah, for Tony. This, this, he's left spy game behind at this point. This yeah. is yeah. <laughs> and God bless Gary Oldman, who is at a fucking fifteen out of ten. This entire movie, he's having so much fun. This. True Romance, and uh, Hannibal. What a guy. I mean, like, I want... I We we all know this about him. Yeah. But, oh. But every time he shows up, it's a pleasure, because you just don't know what the hell he's going to do. You think, like, what's funny, too, is, like, he shows up, uh, the devil, like, kind of walks it, comes in in, like, an electric wheelchair, and it makes me wonder, like, is that the Hannibal wheelchair? Did he do... <laughs> It's right around the same time period, and I don't know if he's testing stuff out, but he's also dressed like Freddie Mercury. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then sometimes he has really weird sharp teeth. He has sharp teeth. He's wearing a wig. Um, he's like flamboyantly pansexual. Yeah, he's like a libertine. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, he's a libertine. Danny yep. Trejo is his like body man and assistant, which is yeah. great casting. Very um, fun. Everyone in Clive Owen's chuckle at the end of this is how I felt. Yes, it's, I don't know about you. It's just like, man, I gotta post that on the. Uh, I'll post that on the Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. That's a great chuckle. This one is so weird and crazy and thrilling. I recommend it to all of our listeners. Check it out. It's worth the nine minutes of your time. Tony's filmmaking is on point too. Like it is at his psychedelic best, for sure throughout this thing i loved it i loved it and i'm glad i watched it last it was the icing it was a dessert mm. to all of uh all of these films it was yeah it was very and it's just like he understood like the assignment like we're having fun that's the goal of the i feel like these with this type of thing i think what works best is just go crazy go to, to go go to town have fun i agree i totally yeah. agree um, obviously there's a queasy element to branded content and advertising mm-hmm. in general. Um, yeah, it's this, this is not there. the purity of making art for art's sake is not there. They are still here to sell BMWs, but they did their best to make it fun. It is not the degraded degradation that we see now. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, like there is definitely a through line from this to like, remember when like Funny or Die got in trouble for like that, like, was it Exxon or Shell? Some oil company. Yeah, there's a through line. It's the same deal. But I will say that at the very least, like with this, it it at least feels like they were just given a, a, a bushel of money and were like, go to town as long as you reference like BMW. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really seem like, like, and maybe that makes it more uh, insidious. I don't know. But well, for I me, I find it more enjoyable. <laughs> there is an element, too, of like, 
at least this point, it isn't the same now. With a brand like BMW and other, like, in particular, luxury brands, there was a cachet to be connected with highbrow, like art and creativity. Yeah, exactly. Um, they don't care about that any at all anymore. Nobody cares. Yeah. This is all part of the war on art. Well, um, well, and also, I think part of it, too, is like, and I don't know, maybe stuff was data driven back then. Don't like I, you know, I can't act like it wasn't. But I feel like mm -hmm. nowadays everything is so like they know exactly how to press every button in your yeah. brain and give you the slurry that will make you buy shit. And so, like, mm -hmm. this feels like it's. Div divorced from that like mentality that whole like you know uh we're gonna like make sure we're gonna like like pour over this and make sure everything is like you know uh spoken to and like you know we get this demographic and like yeah. we yeah like it's yeah it doesn't feel yeah it doesn't feel like um filmed by committee which no, I it, it absolutely does not. And, you know, for better or worse, some of these work better than others, as we just described. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder how many people watched yeah, the interactive film and were like, hmm, I want to get a yeah, BMW. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was, it's, it's, it, they're, while they may have signaled a kind of devastating artistic conclusion, mm -hmm. there was an attempt here, I think, like, you even saw it on, like, the show Mad Men, like, these ad guys kind of did see themselves as failed artists and wanted to indulge in that side of things. This is kind of like a la both a primer for things to come and a last gasp of something else. Yeah, it feels like, yeah, this was like a time where like, it's like, yeah, it's like it was like the last gasp before the numbers came in. I feel like everything is so numbers now. Everything mm -hmm. has been taken like that. Uh, that side of things has kind of taken over business and art for the worst part. And this is like the, and this kind of represents like a time when I don't know. Yeah, you could be like a failed artist, you know, uh, throwing out an idea he would have had for a film 20 years ago for like the Twinkies commercial or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck. And I think yeah. what the, the battle is, what the analytics people, the tech people want to, um, mm. they want to kill the human factor. Yeah, they, they are the ghouls that want AI uh, yeah. AI to like, it's like, yeah, like I just read that like um, headline about BuzzFeed's going to start like creating like AI generated yeah. articles. And it's like, ugh, ugh. Yeah, and they, they want to bring about the end of humanity, the liberal arts. Basically, like anything that made things personal and human, and required yeah. hands to make. They just want to turn people into nodes of capital. Yeah, that's literally what it is. It's just like they want to like just turn people into um, like things that can buy stuff that they, and they want to like deprive people of the ability for them to buy it, make their own things so they have and to buy what's those things. What's disgusting is that they still want to be viewed as creatives and artists who are innovators and that kind of... They're just... They're ghouls. That's what they are. And they are jealous of truly creative people. This is the this is why like Elon Musk has revealed himself to be just a shitty like subtweet ghoul Ugh. who can't even like post to the level of other people. He's because like, yeah. he's actually not creative. He's actually not interesting. And yeah. it kills him. It kills he, him in the same way it kills the Republicans that they don't get invited to Disneyland in the same way. 
it's like no he is about as uh creative and as uh interesting as a fucking wonka meme from 2009 yeah fucking clown get out of here all those clowns all of them are like that that's why they're like promote like that guy the guy who deserves to be in the slammer for ages the cryptocurrency dude who wrote like essays about why reading books was a waste of time fuck you Oh, yeah, sorry. It, sorry. No, good. <laughs> fuck him. No, fuck him. Yeah, He's the devil. Him. They're yeah. all devils. We live in hell and it's our job. Like, look, uh, parody, parody, parody. It'd be nice if the Doom guy came and did his job to these fucking demons. That's what I say. You know, but there, it, it's just, it's so. Clowns. It's just depressing because, like, there is a glory. And yes, of course, you can fall flat on your face. Even like I think he's a ghoul too, but like one of the fascinating things about like Steve Jobs was that he did try things that fell on their face. That, like perspective. Yeah, it was like not everything was the damn iPhone. Well, that's the that's the prop. That's why these number because the numbers guys they think that the numbers they can't. Will... They think they beat it. Yeah, they think they beat it. They know they think they never have to fall in their. They're afraid. They're mm-hmm. fucking afraid of yeah, trying because something. They, yeah, because they're actually cowards Ugh. to a t they're all cowards i'm so fucking angry right but now. they're also but what makes him like donald trump is a coward but he does not claim to be a genius innovator and like no. a creative type he's a charlatan freak and that's yeah. he's like yeah he's embraced it yeah i would dude i would take uh i would take donald trump over peter Thiel any day of, he's not yeah. a fucking phony or Elon Musk. Yeah, it's so funny because he is like oh, so a phony, and so, but like should, his phoniness should, is authentic. We should, cla- we should clarify they all suck. Oh, they're all terrible. They're all bad. We're just like... ranking. We're just ranking demons right now. Yeah, we. It's <laughs> a okay. good name for the episode too. Ranking ranking demons. demons yeah. Um... So it is a deal with the devil, though. Mm-hmm. To get back to the beat the devil, yeah. this yep. entire thing because mm-hmm. these like. Like I, I do think Wong Kar Wai and I do think Alejandro Gonzalez and Ritus actually fit in. With what they do as creative people. I think Beat the yeah. Devil does too. Like, the, uh, they don't feel, none of these feel like commercials. Like, even, even but like, maybe that's a bad camps. thing. Yeah. Maybe it's a bad thing that they don't. Well, it's a bad like thing going. for BMW. I think it's good for us. Oh, or although maybe, it is. Yeah. Or maybe it is insidious and his worm drifts yeah. their heads. And yeah, every time I mean, we see a BMW, we'll be like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, I am wearing a BMW hat and all the merch. And <laughs> we, we talked about it. We've got, we've got, couple beamers in our garage right yep, now i'm recording from my bmw that i now live because in. because i lost we lost our homes <laughs> yeah and our, our families because of this so thanks bmw but i am yeah, wearing these my, cars are expensive let me make it clear i am wearing my seatbelt while i'm recording this mm, i'm and not I, no no oh shit. i might pee my pants soon watch out <laughs> blast you like madonna in the back seat of the car oh no <laughs> i'm in the back and clive owens in the front but it is an interesting thing. Like as a director, you know, we talk about these people in kind of these revered artistic tones. We do like them a lot. We kind of like think quite highly of them. But you have to pay the bills to get your shit across. I mean, I was just thinking the other day about I mentioned to you, Patrick, Edgar Wright was getting a bunch of shit online because he just did a McDonald's commercial. Oh, yeah. And Dude. it is kind of like I hate to tell you. But. They all do. They've all done commercials. Yeah, every like, single one of them. If Wong Kar Wai has done a commercial, then everyone, because that's like Terrence Malick does them regularly. 
Like, yeah, I hate to tell you, we live as we're talking about with BMW films to hire. We live in a world of capital. Yeah, and for you to get your last night in Soho's out of the world. <laughs> You might need a couple. You might need to eat some McDonald's. Together. Yeah, to, to to quote that wacky homie, the Joker. Uh, we live in a damn society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that goofball, the colorful goofball. I wasn't Joker. sure which Joker you were going with, but you went with the right one. The best yeah. Joker. Yeah. Oh yeah, the class. Everyone. The loves cool. Him. The cool. The coolest Joker. Yeah, the one who his dancing is so goofy. Oh God. <laughs> so these are cool though. They are fun. They are fun short films. Uh, so I'm thinking let's get let's move on as we head toward the end here. This went on way longer than we expected. Let's give out a few superlatives. Yeah, let's do it. All right, best um, actual car commercial. Oh, well, who sold the car the best out of all Man, of these movies? That's a tough one. Uh, you know, I feel like the John Frankenheimer. One did a solid job because it, it it just it just it kind of is just very straightforward and it's like oh cool car, um, might have to go to my boy Neil Blomkamp. Mm-hmm. Might have to his like yeah dr- the car pulling a helicopter that's really cool. I would love a car that could destroy a helicopter. I um I uh Neil Blomkamp and John Woo are my picks. God yeah that jump is so with maybe good. maybe Tony Scott. Also. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that one's definitely a really cool. Yeah, I would like a car. That In could turn general, into- though, the second season sold the car better. Yes, a hundred percent. Um, best leading performance that is not Clive Owen. Mm. Tough one. You know, you got Gary Tough Oldman one. in the mix. You got, you got James Brown. He's incredible. <laughs> It's just, just really, it's just you watch him and you're just like, man, I'm just glad you're alive, baby. Or yeah, you were alive at you're this alive time. At this point, man, you're still got <laughs> it, dude. Whatever you got, you got it, man. You're a star. Yeah, you're, you're having fun. You're a static star, baby. Uh, Mari Shaken was pretty sick. I might just give it to Mari. He's having a good time. It's a good call. Um, he understood the assignment. He's like, I'm just going to be a weird, goofy guy. He did. <laughs> I think Gary Oldman is the clear guy, but I'm going to, I have to give a shout out to, um, Stellan Scars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <In> powder <cake. laughs> Man, like literally trying to win Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards in this performance. His performance in The Hire. <laughs> in The Hire. The movie Alejandro Gonzalez Senorito utterly did not understand the assignment of, and we're all the better for it as human beings. Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, it, you know what's so funny? Oh, God, when Lois Smith came out, she had this like blank stare, like the mom. For a split second, I straight up thought she was blind. Like I thought that was gonna be like another like hat on a hat. Like <laughs> it's like, oh, this mother is blind. <laughs> um, best director mm. of Man. the series. Big, big. You know, this is a big award. This is a, it's a hard one because like you got some like technical. Tony Scott's going all the way. Uh, you know Neil Blomkamp. Like if we're just looking at pure like like torque and like technical like some of the stunts he had to do in his are like crazy um but i think we know the winner i think i think you can say i think i think there's a certain uh a certain uh a certain director with uh, <laughs> a love of uh not really caring about the car he's advertising that we have to shout out <laughs> who made the kitchen sink drama 
instead of a yeah. instead of an advertisement for a vehicle in any capacity. Yeah, it's I, I one car Y. Yeah, uh, one car Y, and then um, if not one car Y, I I gotta say I think it's Tony Scott. Yeah, he crushed it. Yeah, I think his is the most successful and all like all around. Yeah, yeah, like it does. Funnest like too. It's... the funnest one too. Oh, dude, yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like as much yeah. as I like the one car Y one, there is like a part of me that's like, look, if you're making a commercial. Have it be fun and silly and like, yeah, yeah. all the way. <laughs> like, it's yeah. wild. This one, it's yeah. All right, let's rank them nine mm-hmm. to one, number nine spot. Um, I'll go first. Yeah, for the rankings here. Um, star nine. Yeah, side nine star for me too. That one just kind of sucked. Sorry, guy. You're okay. good. You're a great. You're a good director. You know what? Whatever. You know whatever. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Um. Eight for me, I'm going to go with, and we're doing this Fast and Furious, folks, so this yeah. is, there's nothing scientific here. No, I'm going to go with gonna... Ticker for nine, Joe, or mm. for eight, Joe Carnahan. Um, Ooh. I kind of like how goofy Ticker is, uh, although it's going to be low on mine. I think, and this might be controversial, I think for, for eight, I'm going to put powder keg because <laughs> it's like, don't get me wrong, like yeah. it's really good, but it's also like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> this is like this is like this has nothing to do with like I don't know. Like it's just like bad just, after this. Yeah, it's like this. I just feel kind of down. Like although I, I props to Interatu for just doing his own thing. That rules. Understandable. All right, seven. I I, I hate to do this because it is a fun one. Mm-hmm. I have to go with ambush. John Frankenheimer. Um, I don't mm-hmm. remember much about it. And yeah, I don't think that's a good sign. It was very well done, though. It was like a classily made and that kind of thing, just not as weirdly memorable as the other eight. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna put uh, my ticker ticker at seven here. The- I liked ambush a little bit just because mm-hmm. that ending is so insane. Where they're just yeah. like, you know what? The monk is wearing cowboy boots and he- he's gonna put purple slime in this chosen child. That's Oh no are. no! Uh, that's a uh, chosen, not ambush. Ambush is the oh, diamonds, ambush. diamonds in the belly. Oh yeah 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 See? yeah! My bad. Ah. Ambush, not that memorable. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna change mine to I'm gonna change mine from Ticker to Ambush then. Yeah, Ambush yeah, is just it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Seven. Yeah. Ambush is seven. Yeah. Um, number six. Oh, number six. I'm gonna put chosen. You're gonna put chosen. Langley. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I put Ticker here. Okay, chosen was fine. It was weird. Mm. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, it's super bizarre. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Has uh, a really good that that tank the the slow the slow moving car chase through the um containers was really good. It gets an F for fun. F for fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh okay, here's where it gets real, I think. Yeah. Mm. Uh, is this number five? Or is this number f- I'm four. We're at four. Already. I think, right? No, it's yeah. five. It's five. No, five, five. Okay, cool. Okay. Five spot. I am going to go with um, hostage, John Woo. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it has like hostage. It probably has the best like car moment or second Action's, best car moment. Action's great. Yeah, more Mori Chaykin is great. Yeah. Um, bad ending. Yeah, bad ending's pretty bad. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'll put chosen here. I'll put chosen at five for me. Okay. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just like yeah, just silly, just kind of goofy. A lot going on doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, four spot. I'm gonna go with powder keg. Mm. In the four spot. Um, obviously, I really appreciate the filmmaking. Probably a movie I would watch. Yeah, I would. Out, I out, think, of, the, I, out of the group, <laughs> like, if it was like a real movie, I'd be a hundred percent down. I think it was just the fact that like it's like a ten minute BMW commercial. I'm kind of like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you got in this spot? Uh, I am gonna put. We're at four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put. Uh, let's put a hostage here. I'll put hostage at four. Really great jump. That ending kind of would have would have been number one if that ending was different. Yeah. yeah. Boy, this is interesting because I think it's kind of like shaping up that the best have the best of the group are revealing itself in these top. And it's just kind of being yeah. which order are you putting them in? Um. Yeah. My, my number three is the escape from Neil Baum. Ooh. Um. Ooh. Really good. Just yeah. really solid. Worked. Yeah, just yeah. yeah did, did the job. Uh, did the job. Good short film. Yeah, and I'd say pack. Good performances. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna say number three. Uh, you know what? It's funny. Like for number three, I'll put. Uh, I'll put the follow for number three for me. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. A lot of fun. Uh, I think it is just like this thing where I'm like, um, very good. I wish it does make me wish that it was like a bigger movie and yeah. that like I want I want to just see one car wise like non BMW version of this. Yeah, I think that might be the story of like a few of these powder keg, the follow. I would argue um, even uh, the escape. Yeah, I would be interested in seeing a feature film version For sure. of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is for me the follow. From one car, why? Yeah, boy. Um, it great move. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just cool. Yeah, and it's just good yeah. acting. Everyone, really cool. every, yeah. Uh, number two for me one is one car. Why just gives you that feeling, man? He's so singular. It's just like going into his place, and he doesn't he doesn't disappoint. It is his place in this movie. So and it's really, for... yeah, and it's really cool that he just like does his own thing no matter what. It is like there. It, it feels like he never like you know. Uh, he never took a note. If you know what I mean, it feels yep. like that at least. Um, for number two, uh, I'm gonna do the escape here. It has the mm-hmm. best action sequence in the whole uh, thing, probably. That whole that el- that helicopter moment was, and it's cr- you watch it and it's like this is for a fucking commercial. That's yeah. crazy. Like it is just like yeah. I kind of wish that like the only my only like critique is like the y'all get rid of the clone stuff. You don't need that. Almost not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Neil, like you don't have to like. Uh, but you don't I mean, to... it's him. You know, he's got to have a little sci-fi you know touch. That is true. Do you have to have a weird, uh, some weird? Uh... Do you ever watch any of his? Um... What's the thing he did? He did this thing after like uh, Chappie kind of fell apart, where like um, like Oats, I think it was what it was called. He made no. a bunch of weird short films that were kind of like uh, him experimenting with visual effects, basically. And some of them hmm. are really cool. Some of them aren't that cool, but like some of them are pretty interesting. He's a yeah. Fun to watch. Fun guy to yeah. keep tabs on. An interesting filmmaker. I'm sure he'll yeah. find, you know, I'm sure he'll find, um, I think he might be a bit in director jail right now. Yeah. And I think he's either going to probably end up doing a franchise thing or a sequel to District 9 as his next thing would be my yeah, guess. I, I hope he does it. I mean, I feel like District oh, 10 Oh, Grand Turismo is kind of the franchise thing. He's doing yeah, an IP. That, 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 is, that is like him. It, 
It's so funny. He is kind of like an M. Night. Here's yeah. my prediction for like the 2030s, baby. He comes back. It's like M. Night Shyamalan. Like our guy, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, he, get, he, yeah. he starts releasing his own old. Um, yeah, and then let's do our number one. Uh, uh, come on. Yeah, beat Clearly. the devil. Beat the devil. Yeah, Watch the... it. It's awesome. It rules. Tony <laughs> yeah. Scott's having a great time. Gary yeah. Oldman's great as the devil. Of course you cast Gary Oldman as the devil. Yeah. What a fun guy to have it, as the it, devil. It, it's an absolute blast. Maybe, um, maybe we should play it tonight at movie night. Dude, do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. We're doing yeah, it. Everyone, everyone will have a great time with it. <laughs> who's invited yeah. us in Los Angeles area? <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> who's listening to this after movie night occurred? <laughs> but yeah, we're, you know, I, I, I like it. I like it with the Royal Rumble tonight. We're recording mm-hmm. this on Saturday with the Royal Rumble. My prediction: um, Stone Cold Steve Austin will show up. Ooh. And I think Sami Zayn's going to win the Rumble, but Patrick, that none of this means anything to Patrick. Nope, so. I don't know anything about wrestling, no. so I hope. Uh, thing, but I will explain it all out loud to everyone as we're watching tonight, <laughs> because I'm making yeah. forcing everyone to watch it because I have promised <laughs> that we'll watch the Terminator afterwards, which will please everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, these are these were neat. I'm glad we yeah. did this. Great idea, man. I really, um, you did. This was an awesome idea. You know, there's a part of me at first. I was like, "Oh, we really gonna have to sit on YouTube and watch these short films." It was a fucking pleasure, the entire way through. I'm you know happy. what? Let's yeah. I'm happy we did it. Same here. And like, you know what's great is like none of them overstay their like, dude, ten to fifteen minutes. The perfect yeah. amount of time. Very but nice. I recommend all listeners, man, check them out if you haven't seen these. I had never actually seen any of these before, so I was really happy about it. Same here. They were like a vague, but it's like, yeah, it's crazy how much of an impact these had. Because like, yeah, yep. people clearly remember them. People remember them. They had a definitive thing uh, in the world of advertising. All of these directors got a chance to really take big swings. And it kind of is another connection point with um, how filmmaking has changed since, um, you know, if we say our series starts with um, The Duelists. Mm. And is our series uh, is heading toward Top Gun, Maverick, Ambulance, and beyond. We'll see yeah. based on how this goes. But uh, kind of where we are today versus then and the specter of Marvel and how advertising and how a filmmaker survives within the mainstream marketplace. This is a key. I think this is a key turning point and key talking point. Yeah, it's um, like if you're like a film historian... Or someone interested in that, like, history. Or, like, seeing how, like, yeah, art has developed in America over time. Yeah, this is, like, a fascinating footnote. This is a, and it's worth a, a gander. How sure. to display your voice within an increasingly commercialized marketplace. That yeah. may have been your own doing if you were on the advertising agencies like Ridley Scott, Tony Scott, and David Fincher. Did. Yeah, you might have uh, sown the seeds of your own destruction yeah, yeah. artistically. You know, to get that to going back to, hey, I'll get you a Ferrari within a year. You know, interesting, 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 interesting. So next week on the show, we return to the world of feature filmmaking. 2001 Black Hawk Down, Ridley Scott's film. I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch this one. Mm -hmm. It's it's high on my list of on this week of stuff to dig in on. Uh, Currently on HBO Max. But again, at the end of the month is like today. Uh, <laughs> so it might not be on HBO Max tomorrow for all we know. Uh, so uh, if not, 
you can rent it through all of the streaming rental services, or you can pick up a Blu-ray. I'm sure there's a very nice edition. I actually have it on DVD on the show. I mean, the old DVD. Oh, man, I bet the special features are, like, fire. I bet they're awesome, too. Yeah, Yeah. I hope hope we can give ourselves a nice time to dig in on some of those. And then the week after that, just in time for Valentine's Day, Jerry Bruckheimer lives. Yes, that's the return of the Simpson-Bruckheimer digression. The Visionary Alliance, which is an alliance of one now, but still lives. We are going to cover... Get this. Oh, get excited, folks. A double feature of Con Air and Armageddon. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss a thing. Here. <laughs> get your get your animal oh, crackers, folks. Put the bunny down and move to your television set. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I, it's, it's even hard to think, think about man. the glory of what we're going to have, yeah. have in store for us there. Simon West Conair, Michael Bay's Armageddon, um, Jerry Bruckheimer proving as a solo act. He still has his, he's still plugged in mm-hmm. with, with what uh, America and the world wants and not what the critics want. Mm-hmm. But of course, both of these movies are, have clearly been reassessed and rethought about Many For times sure. over. Yeah. Well, it's uh, God. I will say Armageddon, one of the first DVDs my family owned, and I've watched that movie like fifty times. Probably, it's like one of the movies I've watched the most in my life. I think just because we happen to have that DVD. I haven't seen it since high school, though. So I'm really I, excited to go back so to it. I have seen it once, and I hated it. Ooh. So, but was I a little stinker who is talk only want to talk about the Coen Brothers and shit like that back then? Absolutely. Yeah. This is this is I put it in the same boat as another boat, Titanic, mm. that I disregarded in the late nineties. But love now, maybe, maybe I will love Armageddon. Oh, only time will tell. Only time will tell, and marry a couple weeks. <laughs> are, uh, both are on Blu-ray. Con Air is currently on AMC Plus. If you got oh, wow. that, I don't got that, but if you got it, it's there or it can be rented. While Armageddon is currently on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, in anticipation of this, I did buy the out of print Criterion Armageddon DVD. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. I'll get this, dude. It it is so cool that that movie is on the because I feel like that's like a an artifact from back when like the Criterion Collection needed to have a couple of like more populous films to sell stuff. Uh, I think there's there's a sales element, and I do think you know, as with the Rock, which we talked about, you know, the Criterion Collection's entire idea, or at least was their entire idea of cherry picking the best Mm. examples of all of cinema. Mm -hmm. So of course, it's like we got the French New Wave, we've got German New Wave, we've got American Independent, all the new New Hollywood, you know, all the silence, you name it, right. 90s blockbuster action filmmaking deserves representation That's within fair. this. And what better movies than The Rock and Armageddon to show this off? Yeah. It's the also, same vein that people were upset that the, the Criterion just put out Wally. I'm not, we know, I'm not a big Pixar animation guy, but yeah. Pixar and animation are hugely important to the history of cinema. 
yeah. representation is necessary within that realm. And I believe, from what I understand, Wally is a perfect representation of what Pixar does best. You so, heard us, yeah. Good. I think that, Go I think it. this means that the Criterion needs to put the damn Armageddon on Blu-ray. I think they need to re-release they that. Need bad that and like. Put out Caddyshack or something. Give us one of those 80s yes. slobs and snobs comments. <laughs> put, put, put Zapped on there. <laughs> yeah, like, or, like, um, or one of those Spring Break movies. Yeah, I mean, Spring Break. Put, put Porky's 2 <laughs> yeah, on there. Porky's, yeah, put out Porky's. <laughs> yeah, Criterion Collections presents Porky's, a retrospective. Trash is still, Trash has its place too. But yeah, yeah we'll be digging in and all of that and more. We've got plan plans for years. This series, I hope you're on board. Yeah, it's, ne- it's never ending. <laughs> you're you're trapped here with us. You know we're trapped not here with us and Jerry and Michael Bay. Yeah, <laughs> David Fincher and the boys. Nicholas Cage drops Nicholas, by sometimes. Nicholas Cage, Denzel Washington certainly will be a featured player. Ridley oh, Tony. Yeah. They're not going away mm-hmm. anytime soon. We're gonna try. I am really, really. We've we've added a bit to the schedule. I'm going to find, in some way, shape, or form, some tangential connection to a woman. <laughs> I will. I'm working on it. It's on <laughs> my mind. We, we, if if we can find it, and if you want to send us an email at the Academy Academy Podcast at Gmail dot com or the Academy at Twitter. And just kind of say, like, hey, I think so-and-so is actually kind of close to this realm. We will add them to the pieces. (laughs) We we would love it. We want it. Um, Did not realize just how dude-heavy not only the world of Tony and Ridley was, but all of the tangential subplots as well. Um, Yeah, it's a bunch of ding-dongs. This this is, um, yeah, Hollywood misogyny. We get it. You know, it's an overriding theme to all this that Unfortunately, women aren't as involved. We would love it though, and we plan on in the future, once we in it, once we do survive this series, if doing we a lot do. more. Yeah. If we do, doing a lot more in that regard. Also, um, thanks to anyone who has recently followed us on Letterboxd. We are very active Ooh. on Letterboxd. Both of us, we love Letterboxd. Check it so, out. Uh, check us out by name. It's just under our names. Each of the yeah. accounts on there, you can probably find us fairly easily oh uh, yeah follow us we'll follow you back we want to know what you're watching too um mm-hmm. in- inevitably like two days later you will see that i watched it because <laughs> i was inspired <laughs> by your choice so check us out uh really fun episode thank you patrick for um pitching this idea it was a great great idea i'm glad uh, it was a lot of fun it was good yeah thank you absolutely there. so for patrick i'm don we will see you next week on the academy academy and just picture us both grinning like goof asses, like Clyde yeah. Owen right now. As if we uh, saw James Brown inexplicably become uh, 50 years younger. <laughs> J- James Brown has become 50 years younger. Gary Oldman and Danny Trejo have flipped their Pontiac Firebird into a wall of flames over a train. Yet made it to be annoyed by their neighbor, Marilyn Manson. Which I think, yeah. aren't we all? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> evil evil <laughs> bye bye you know he's not evil in the way he wants you to think he's evil too he's just very like banality he just sucks yeah and he's just the he banality just like of evil a, he's like a human evil he's not like a devil evil no he's not yeah yeah, yeah. oh god 
Lamo. 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 Clown. Alright, bye. Bye.